Welcome in to this week's episode of the Sports Gospel Show, episode 104, according to my records. If you have not taken the time, check out the website, recently updated some stuff, kind of constantly working on that to reinvigorate it and now have episodes easier to find with better descriptions. So thank you to Red Circle, if you're looking for a podcast hosting platform for their very easy way to do things. So this week's show, Darren and Andrew back with you. And really just going to go around the horn. There was a lot that happened over the past weekend and coming up this week. Going to do the quick hitter stuff here early. Dig deep into the NBA playoffs as we're coming down to the wire here in some of these series. And then finish it off with our top five. Something, a feature that we tried in the past. Going to try to bring it back. The Our top five, whatever the subject may be. And this week we're going to look at our top five NBA players still in the playoffs. We know Andrew's not going to put LeBron in there, but we'll see how much we match up and how different they are. Before we get into all of that basketball talk, start with the Kentucky Derby. Did you did you bet money on the horses? First question. Uh, absolutely not. No, I, I don't pretend to know anything about horse racing. I don't think anybody does. That's half the fun. We can kind of act like we know something about golf or football or basketball. I think 1% of the people who watch the Derby have any idea what they're doing. I'm confident in that. Yeah, I mean, I just if I could get some inside information about which of these horses was juicing before <laughs> the race, uh, maybe I'd bet on the horses. Yeah, not a lot of good PR for the Churchill Downs after this. I don't know what they've discovered about that yet, but a lot of horses, unfortunately, passing away. So got kind of a black cloud over it. And the actual horse racing itself, I thought it was a decent Kentucky Derby. End up with Mage, a nice... Uh, I think I saw it at 17 to one was where I saw the odds, but mostly a 15 to one horse, kind of a middle long shot there. Jockey Javier Castellano is a hall of fame jockey, but it gets his first Kentucky Derby win. Always fun to see those stories. It's the trainers and the owners are millionaires making more millions, but the mage team takes home 1.8 million for winning the Derby. Uh, rough day for Denny Alba too, right? Didn't he have a couple horses with uh, from Alba Farms in the in the race? I believe the so for people who don't know the richest or one of the two or three richest men in Iowa, he I know he has three horses. All these again, it's it's millionaires who have stakes and they all go in together and buy these umpteen million dollar horses. But I know he had three that he was a part owner of, and none of them did all too well. Billionaire, billionaire with a B for oh, Alba. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> in that, don't and, like, the guy. And like billionaires from Japan and South Korea and Dubai are also involved in horse racing. It's it's fun. I like the pageantry and the pomp and the circumstance and the history of it. It's there's three times a year I care about horse racing and it's the triple crown races. We had Mage, the 15 to one odd come in first two fills, 12 to one. And then Angel of Empire kind of ended up being the favorite. I don't usually like to pick the favorite, but I was in on Forte until he pulled out. I believe it was the morning of or the night before the race. So Angel Vampire ended up being one of the top favorites along with Tappet Trice, who came in seventh. And that's this is just such a wide open guessing game. I ended up picking some Thunder. Had a feeling it was going to be a bad choice. Uh ended up as a 33 to 1 long shot. I I picked my horses 100 percent based on name. And that's the way to do it, right? If you, you don't really know anything, just go on the alone and maybe you'll get lucky. Also. Uh, that are that are like the silks, the color of the silks. It's like March Madness. Just pick the the mascot or who has the coolest uniforms. And that's a winning strategy for people in March Madness. So why can't it work for the Kentucky Derby? 
Well, congratulations to the Mage team. Let's see if we can get a Triple Crown winner. We've had two or three Triple Crown winners in the last decade after not having one for 35 years. So go Mage. Uh, Cyclone Mischief did come in last of the horses that raced, so that one hurts a little bit. That, yeah, I guess. Speaking of Cyclone Mischief, Mischief, do you want to talk about Iowa College athletes this week? Uh, yeah, I guess we can. See my punny transition? Yeah, wow. Um, we don't need to talk about that. I just thought it was a fun tie-in. We can. It is definitely a hot topic um, amongst I'm, people I'm, out there. I'm trusting that you know a lot more about I do. I have a very tertiary knowledge of it, traveling with work. Also, a uh, quick side note, recording this week from Toronto, Canada. So more on that later when we talk about the NHL. I don't know what happened. I know the Alabama baseball coach got fired and now a whole bunch of athletes from Iowa and Iowa state have been busted. And I feel like we're going to find out about a lot more from a lot more colleges before it's over. Yeah. You're, you're spot on with that. Iowa and Iowa state athletes being involved in betting on sports is just the tip of the iceberg from what I've heard from multiple sources. Um, this is pretty much going to span nationwide and a lot of, you know, gaming commissions in every state that has sports betting and and the Department of Criminal Investigations is going to get involved and do their research. Based off everything that I've heard, there was no Iowa or Iowa State athlete that was involved in anything like point shaving or fixing games. Nope. No real concern. And the gaming commission actually said as much that there was no concerns about compromising the integrity of any of the sports themselves or the outcomes of games. This may have just been something like uh, college athletes betting on the NBA, for example, which they're not allowed to do because there's a championship trophy involved. So they're, they're not allowed to bet on um, sports that have a championship trophy involved, which is basically all of them. So um, you can't bet at all. So, I know that people use like their friends or family members to place bets for them. And maybe there was some sort of, you know, routing of funds that way that was inappropriate. So it's really more just things like that. And so I get why the NCAA feels like they have to crack down because these athletes have friends and they can talk to them in other sports or friends at other schools and get some inside information that most other people wouldn't have in the general public. And that's why it's a bit of a risk. I'm not saying that athletes are doing that, but I think that's kind of how the thinking goes. For those of us who live in States where you can't bet on college sports, it has a different feel. It, but like you say, I think it's mostly they're just kids betting on an NBA game. The, the questioning thing is that, it's kind of been people are pleading ignorance that these athletes, Oh, I had no idea that was the rule. Like uh, all of them didn't know. That's kind of hard to believe. I just kind of the lawless no. nature of that in college sports in the last couple of years, it feels like college sports has become wide open money-making frenzy. They're going to make an example out of somebody, whether that be like the Iowa baseball team, or they go after some heavy hitter. If they find out like the Oklahoma football team has been doing something, it just see it seems like a lot of excitement, but I'm not sure how serious it is that a random 19 year old bets on an NBA game. It's not. I will say last year though, a Virginia Tech football player, I believe, um, got suspended six games for betting on an NBA game. So, just simply betting on an NBA game is a six game offense, apparently. 
So if that's all they were doing, they weren't, I mean, obviously if they were point shaving or compromising the integrity of the game in some way, that's a much more serious offense. But from what I've heard, it doesn't sound like that's what was happening at, at Iowa or Iowa state. There's a lot of people throwing out a lot of speculation about that and they just need to stop because that's not really what's going on here. It's just, you know, athletes making mistakes and breaking rules. They definitely knew that it was a rule that they couldn't bet on sports like this. So yeah, I'm not buying the excuse that they didn't know either. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. I'm sure it's going to be an ever evolving story more we can dig into later, but you and I are allowed to legally bet on things. And luckily, kind of like the Kentucky Derby, I'm happy I did not bet as much as I had planned on for this big UFC card we had, UFC 288 this past weekend. I was feeling pretty good early on. Got the Chaos Williams win, albeit over split decision. Drew Dauber then lost. Felt a little bad about that. Kind of killed my parlay, but then I was racking up wins. Charles Jordan beat your flat earther, Crone Gracie. Fellow flat earther Bryce Mitchell had to drop out at the last minute, so they got Diego Lopez in. He lost to the Russian whose name I butchered last week and will butcher again, Movsar. Evloev, so I was feeling pretty good, got three out of four, and then Jessica Andrade lost, Gilbert Burns lost, and Henry Cejudo lost. It was not a confident night for me on my UFC picks, Andrade getting knocked out in the first round was a stunner for me. Muhammad, uh, Bilal Muhammad basically dominated Gilbert Burns with unanimous decision there on some pretty wide scorecards, and then the Henry Cejudo, Aljamain Sterling going split decision, have to imagine they're going to run that back. Sooner rather than later, but the kind of snake-bitten Aljamain Sterling championship run continues. His whole saga with Piotr Jan, and seems like fans are kind of unfairly turning against him. I like Aljamain Sterling. I don't agree with kind of some of the heat that he gets. Just every every time he gets a win, there's always some kerfuffle around it. Yeah, that's, that's interesting to me. I admittedly didn't watch this uh, the TFC card. Uh, first time I haven't watched in a while. I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't as hyped for this as I have been for some others in recent memory, but not surprised Sterling won. I kind of had a feeling he would, but didn't really watch to know kind of even the controversy that went down. Credit to Al Jermaine and a lot of surprising fights. You know, Bilal Muhammad, guys like that having fantastic nights. So props to them. So we try to wrap up the chaos of the this past weekend. Uh, are you paying attention to baseball at all? I have not been. I just hear that the AL East is really tough, but we don't really talk about baseball with the two of us. Yeah, you know, I am paying a little bit more attention to baseball. I have actually taken up baseball betting. Um, not really making great money on it, I will admit that, but it's kind of more treading water at this point. Um, I can I cannot bet on baseball. I to me, it's the it's the hardest for me to predict. It is very. Very tough to predict. Um, yeah, the AL East is very tough. Everybody looks good uh, with the Yankees, Blue Jays, yeah, Red Sox, Orioles looking good. So uh, the Rays looking good. Um, a lot of a lot of good looking teams in the AL. Obviously, the Braves. Um, NL kind of disappointing teams. Um, like, I mean. A- well, actually, this is in the AL. There's some disappointment there, too, with the White Sox. White Sox just looking awful. Um, the Oakland A's not even trying to field a baseball team. They're, the Royals. They've of, already moved to uh, Vegas in their minds. Yeah, well, uh, nobody's showing up in Vegas for the team that they're rolling out there yet either. So, um, 
the Royals kind of doing the same. We got a lot of a lot of tanking teams going on here in baseball early on in the season. Yeah. Well, hey, one... least... Go ahead. At least uh, the Cubs are actually fun to watch this year. So that's nice. I was going to talk about the other team in that division close to home for you. The St. Louis Cardinals are abysmal. I don't know what's going on there. They are one of the three or four worst teams bottom of the NL Central. And not, not like the NL Central is that great. And the Cardinals are worse than tanking right now. I think that's going to be interesting. See which of these teams get right. The Padres are at 500, but thought they'd be better. The Cardinals, the team that I hate to admit that I picked in the World Series, the Phillies, and as well as the Mets, all kind of struggling. Seattle, Houston, a lot of teams we thought would be better. You mentioned Cleveland. So a lot of middling teams, unless you're in the AL East, and then it's Murderer's Row. Yeah. Um, Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta looks like one of the best teams in baseball. Acuna looks like maybe the best player in baseball at this point and in time. They, they were one of those trendy picks early on, and they are living up to the hype. If, if anybody's living up to the hype, it's the Braves. Yeah, I think uh, this might be the year the Braves actually break through and get it done. So, um, But yeah, the Cardinals have really fallen off, and I guess Yadier Molina was that point important. <laughs> um, I knew, being a Cubs fan, as much as it hurts me to say, Wilson Contreras is not a good defensive catcher. So I that he is now moved to DH, which is where he belongs at this point in his career is as a hitter and nothing more. Um, but hopefully the Cardinals don't get it right because being a Cubs fan, I hate them. I like seeing them lose. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really know what's wrong with that team, but given all the talent, they didn't address their pitching staff. I guess that's kind of a problem because beyond Montgomery, you know, everybody else is either playing poorly or, or too old. So they needed to address their pitching staff and they didn't really do it in the off season. I, th- I think you can be a Cubs fan, but still be a fan of this team. Can we just celebrate that the Pirates are good? I don't I don't see them holding on. They're already one and nine in their last ten, but they are the leader in the central right now. The the physical specimen that is O'Neill Cruz is out injured, so that's a bummer. The Pirates, who who doesn't like the Pirates, even if they're a division rival? Yeah. Um if it's not the Cardinals or the Brewers, I'm I'm okay with it. So yeah. Um, Pirates have been an early surprise and I hope they do keep it up. But like you said, they've fallen off recently. Um, so yeah, NL central, obviously not too great. Um, out of all, maybe the Des Moines local teams, probably the best one is probably the twins. I, <laughs> I refuse to give into this. I have a lot of people for a couple of years have been getting on the twins hype train and I just, I refuse yeah. to, to buckle to the pressure uh-huh. yet. I'm not really getting them hyped or anything. I'm just saying out of the teams in the general area of Moines, they look like the best one right now. Well, we have about a hundred more games left. So over the summer, we'll get a lot more baseball ramped up on here as there are other shows, other shows, other sports put a curtain down on their season. And we get into the peak of baseball time in June, July, and August. Yeah. Um, you know, once the Cubs trade for Otani and then it's all over for everybody else. <laughs> oh, that is true. He's his contract is up after this year, isn't it? And then he's going to go to the NL. Is that what we're all predicting? Yeah. Um, Cubs are going to cash in some of those young prospects for Shohei Otani. 
I was just doing a quick research to see uh, who has the biggest baseball contract right now. And my internet is not going as fast as I wanted to, because I'm trying to think how much money will Otani make in his next contract? Will it be the biggest contract we've ever seen in pro sports? Because with Major League Baseball not having the salary cap, Patrick, is Patrick Mahomes still the highest paid NFL player with $500 million? Oh, no, 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 no. Patrick, well... Okay, I guess it depends on how you look at it because Patrick Mahomes is not the highest paid year over year at the quarterback position even. Hmm. Um, But I think in terms of just totality of the contract, yes, but not highest year over year. Because according to Pro Baseball Reference, the largest baseball contract right now is coincidentally Mike Trout, Otani's teammate. Yep. He's making $426.5 million on a 12-year deal that ends in 2030. So he's making $35.5 million per year. Who's got the highest per year total? What about Aaron Judge? Because Aaron Judge has got a new contract. Aaron Judge, I'm trying to get it to sort. It looks like Aaron Judge making $40 million a year is the highest. His term is just a little bit yeah. shorter, so he's only at 360 Is Otani going to be the first half-billion-dollar man in baseball? Ten years for $50 million uh, a year for what he can do? Yeah, he, yeah. Um, could Otani command $50 million a year? Yeah, absolutely. Man, be nuts. Hopefully the Cubs are willing to pay if he does hit free agency. <laughs> the Cubs got money, don't they? What? The Cubs have money. Uh yeah, the Ricketts family has plenty of money. It's just whether or not they're willing to spend it. Ah, there it is. Yep. So um they've been kind of cheap, although they did go out and get Dansby and Cody Bellinger, and those have been great additions. So they showed a willingness to spend a little bit of money this past offseason, but I don't know if Otani wants to come to Chicago. You know, that's the other piece of it, too, is he's got to want to come to Chicago. So I'm just hoping and praying that Cubs get Otani. That would be my dream. So Steph was the highest-paid on-court basketball player, if I'm reading this right. He made forty, basically 46 mil in a year. Yeah. Um, and I think Westbrook, surprisingly, is not too far behind. No, no, no. You, you know who's not far behind that in some insane reason? Did you say John Wall? You cut out there for a little bit. I feel like you said John Wall. I said John Wall, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Houston Rockets. I, again, trying to pull up another page here very quickly, quickly with poor internet. But yeah, I thought John Wall is... Okay, this was the last year of John Wall. John Wall made $47 million this year to kind of play basketball. He he's makes three hundred thousand more than Russ. Yeah, Dang. um, but Russ's contract goes up next year. Uh, or wait, no, 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 he's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. So they're both free this year. And then Steph will, Steph will be the first fifty million dollar man in the NBA. Yeah, I believe Chris Paul's deal might go up again next year. Anyways, we've gotten on to contract. Contract lore, we won't bore audience with contract lore anymore, but just know that there's some real bad contracts out there for aging superstars in the NBA. Well, we'll get circle back to the NBA here in a minute. Just want to touch base on the Stanley Cup. 
I think most of our picks are destroyed from what we had in the first round. Some pretty fun series, though. I, as I mentioned, I'm in Toronto, Canada. So I was in Toronto on Wednesday night for the game four. So for some historical context, the Leafs had not been past the first round in like 20 years. They made it to the second round and they were down 3-0 to the Florida Panthers, who were basically the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, destroyed the record-setting Bruins and were handling the Leafs. So the entire city of Toronto was ready for a collective meltdown. Found myself at a sports bar, pulled up a seat and just watched the madness. And it was a tight, it was 1-0 for a long time. It was 2-1 and they held on for the nail-biter victory. And I was I was safely away from the chaos, but they have one of those big outdoor parties that you see like the power and light district in Kansas city when they close off a whole city block and they just kept cutting to those people and they were going bananas. I would have been scared to be in the city had they lost and just to see all the, the doom and gloom, but they won and the city celebrated. I was a Leafs fan for the night. I have no great interest in the Leafs or the Panthers. It's just really fun to be reminded of that's what sports is about when it goes your way. It's it'd be sad to see everybody after losing in a four game sweep, but just the pandemonium and the excitement is in a hockey crazed country. It's it's just like being like being in Green Bay or Kansas City when you make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, yeah, that's a really good point. When things are going uh, going your way or your team's in an important game, that's you know kind of like me during uh, Iowa women's basketball na- national <laughs> championship. You know, I was out at a bar with a bunch of people and I'm high-fiving strangers, right? That's that's the beauty of sports. Props to the Leafs. I, I guess I will cheer for them to make – they'll be my Eastern Conference team. We've also got the New Jersey Devils getting owned by the Carolina Hurricanes. I think the Canes are up 3-1 in this one as we're recording, maybe looking to put the Devils away here. Be a Herculean effort for the Maple Leafs to do it. But go Toronto Maple Leafs, make the Eastern Conference Finals. And out West, the Seattle Kraken are hanging in there with the Dallas Stars. Kraken actually look like the better team. They'll be playing again here tonight as we're recording. And they will get the winner of Edmonton and Vegas, a fun back-and-forth series there. Edmonton played right after that Maple Leaf game, so I got a double dose of my hockey in Canada. And the Oilers look fierce. Connor McDavid, if you've never watched hockey or you're a casual hockey fan, just check out an Oilers game and watch Connor McDavid. He is so fast. It's it's just it's like watching Tyree kill on a football field when Connor McDavid gets going and is energized going up and down the ice. He is superhuman. So that the Vegas and Edmonton series, I think, is the best one. I'm I'm sticking with the Oilers there, and you have the Kraken as a fun little upstart to go along with them. Yeah, at this point, I say, why not just have uh, the Kraken win it all? It's it's going to be the weirdest finals if it gets to be like Kraken Panthers. And the NHL has to try to sell that to the general public. Yeah. Um, I'll just tune in for the absurdity of that. <laughs> Matt, just a random thing we never think about because they're pampered athletes and they fly on giant private jets. But I do not envy like that commute. If you had to fly from Seattle to Miami, it would be four times, three or four times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, no. I mean, even in the most comfortable seats, that sounds kind of awful. <laughs> well, anything else on the NHL as we do our rapid fire wraparound of the sports world? Anybody you're cheer- you're you're just jumping on the crack and that's what we're cheering for? Yeah, I think so. Just because they're like the newest team in hockey, and it'd be cool if a new team won it all. 
And to get over the Vegas night, the Knights almost did it a couple of years ago. And for them to be the one that the Kraken overcome to, to make it to the next level, I think would be fun. Oh yeah. That would be a kind of a cool storyline. Now we get to the meat of the matter. The NBA playoffs are still taking place. As we're recording this, we have the Celtics looking to close out the Sixers or sorry, other way around. Sorry. Celtics playing the Sixers. Philly has the three, two lead. We got the Nuggets and the Suns and Nuggets with the 3-2 lead. So I, the floor is yours, whichever one of these we want to start with. Let's start with the game that's going on right now, Celtics-Sixers. Um, the Celtics just look done. I I don't know what's going on here, but uh, the Celtics really had, I felt like after the Bucks got eliminated, really had the Eastern conference handed to them on a silver platter. Um, and bead had a knee injury that looks kind of bad, but he's been able to come back from and they're losing to James Harden. Who's killing them late in close basketball games, which is not something I ever thought I'd say in the playoffs. Fountain of youth, James Harden. Yeah. But also, you know, he's known choking away playoff games. He's not. He's winning playoff games for Philly. And uh, Tatum and Tatum has had a couple games where he just doesn't look right. Um, and yeah, the the Celtics kind of miss Udoka as their coach more than I think we realize. We don't really realize until we get to a scenario like this how much coaching matters and yeah, I think the loss of Yudoka is kind of showing itself. Um, at the end of last game, they didn't even get a shot off down one. Uh, Marcus Smart hit it, but it was way after the buzzer. And they had two timeouts in their back pocket. And so I'm I'm watching these games. And, man, I'm just I'm screaming at the TV with no one around me and telling Missoula to take a timeout. And I'm not even a Celtics fan. So... I don't really understand, you know, kind of the whole strategy. Yeah, I was, I've just really been struggling to understand what the Celtics are doing and they're not really playing with urgency. There's a lot of issues going on with the Boston Celtics right now. Which is, it's strange to hear you say that. And again, you've watched far more of these games more intently than I have. The Celtics are the team that I would think who's got the mentality and the teamwork. These guys have been together. We've seen Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Those guys all grow together. And you have Al Horford, who's kind of renowned as that locker room leader, the the general, Malcolm Brogdon, the, the team, the defense. They have all these guys who you'd think their, their top strength is kind of heart, basketball IQ, playing for each other. So it's weird to think of them as a team that, may not have that fortitude and kind of the the Phillies have punched them in the mouth and the or Phillies what team is this 76ers have punched them in the mouth and they haven't been able to come back if you remember back last year the Celtics made the finals last year but early in the season they were struggling last year and Udoka called the meeting and got in every single one of their faces and challenged them Zula's not going to do that and there's no one on the team that you mentioned that is going to do that, that is going to kind of give them 
kick or the jump start that they need. And that's kind of what's what I see when I'm watching the Celtics that's missing. And it's puzzling to me. Um, so I think, you know, the Sixers are going to close them out tonight. Wow. I don't know. Boston, Boston's slightly favored, but I see the Sixers closing them out. And yeah, we're headed to have uh, Joel Embiid and James Harden in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think I'd rather have the Celtics if I had a choice in the matter. Um, you know, they were just back there last, they were just in the finals last year. So I think I'm ready to, and we just had Celtics heat last year. So I guess I'm ready to see Sixers heat or Sixers Knicks. I won't spoil what I think is going to happen in heat Knicks, but um, yeah, Sixers in the Eastern conference finals in my eyes. I think that whoever comes out of this, I think is going to be heavily favored over the Heat slash Knicks. I, yeah, I would agree. So do we do we want to go to the Heat Knicks or do we want to go Nugget Suns? Yeah, I think we should just stay on the Eastern Conference side. Um, Miami, I'm I'm liking the Cinderella run. I've professed many times my feelings on Jimmy Butler and liking this Miami Heat team. They've got the Knicks against the ropes playing game uh, game six on Friday night. Yep, on Friday night, a um, couple game sixes on Friday night. So a couple game sixes tonight. So we've got game sixes all around. Um, yeah, Heat Knicks, and the Heat have really looked like the better team for most of the series. Jalen Brunson had a, an amazing game in game five to force a game six. I don't know, felt like Knicks went all out, put all their cards on the table just to win game five. To me, that kind of signals let down in game six. So I really feel like the zombie heat, they they will never die. And they're going to keep on rolling. It, it's the year of the Florida Cinderella's. The Heat and the Panthers are both making runs. Yeah. And um, Jimmy Butler, you got to give him his but also, apparently, Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin are just all stars now. So, was well, isn't this kind of what the Suns did a couple of years ago? We knew they had the stars and Booker and Chris Paul and Aiton, but then it was that bench coming alive—the campaigns of the world and Jay Crowder. Those guys chipping in—that's what makes the difference for you. That's why I would have felt better about the Celtics. They typically throw so many bodies at people. I don't think the Knicks really have that depth. You get beyond Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Who's going to step up and be the postseason hero? That's why I thought your teams with your bigger benches, i.e. Boston, would be better suited. Yeah, I, I felt like uh, Boston was perfectly suited. Um, another thing on, on Boston, just real quick, going back, like Robert Williams is a huge piece of that team, and I don't think he looks right. Um I think he's playing through something that makes it so that he's not exactly right. So, um, but yeah, uh, this Miami team, uh, again, coaching matters in the playoffs and I'll take Spoolstra over Thibodeau any day of the week. I do love Jalen Brunson. Julius Randle's been hit or miss. They'll need Julius Randle to be at the top of their game if they're going to make any sort of incredible comeback, but I don't really see it. Um, so 
give me uh, the Heat closing it out in game six. So we've got Heat Sixers um, based off how things are going in my eyes. I don't – I didn't look at it in depth, but I saw something the other day that intimated there's some bad blood between Jimmy Butler and Thibodeau from their time together with the Bulls. I I kind of thought Jimmy Butler was the custom-made Tom Thibodeau player. However, that may not be the case. Is there more scuttlebutt around that friction than I realized? I could see where there could be maybe be some animosity there. I, I believe that Thibodeau had some say in in the Bulls. Um, yeah, I had some say in, in Jimmy Butler's playing time earlier in his career and some sway in um, what happened. Um, but also, I believe Thibodeau was the coach in Minnesota too, right? And when Jimmy Butler was there, I I forget. Jimmy Butler's career is I never keep up with, but let me see what Mr. Timido's informational page has to say. And, you know, Sixers Heat will be intriguing for Jimmy Butler as well because he was also once a member of the Sixers. So he did, yeah, he was with Chicago for five years, three years in Minnesota, and then three years with New York. So that would have been that 17-18 team was the one that Jimmy Butler single-handedly willed the Timberwolves into the playoffs and they lost in the first round, but still they hadn't made it in like 15 years and Jimmy Butler got them there. I completely blocked out that Tom Thibodeau was the coach of that team. Yep. Tom Thibodeau was the coach of that team. And I believe had some sway in some of the personnel decisions that were made. Uh, And so therefore maybe there's a little bit of bitterness and revenge on Jimmy Butler's mind. And then, also, remember Jimmy Butler spent time with the Sixers. That man, is he's earned his stripes in the NBA. Yeah, so uh, there's some intrigue there because I don't think, uh, I don't know as if uh, Jimmy Butler and, and Joel Embiid were necessarily the best friends either. I, I could see that. And uh, both of them are not afraid to talk and say things in uh the media on social media and to each other so <laughs> i could uh i could see some real interesting stuff going down and you also have pj tucker so the more that i think about it i think the storylines in the eastern conference finals are with sixers heat are a little bit uh more intriguing than a boston miami rematch i'm all for bam out of bio Banging with Joel Embiid. Oh no, Bam, Bam has out. all re- all due respect to Bam. He has no chance if they're going to leave him one on one with Embiid. Wow, no, no chance. So, um, I think the real matchup to watch is going to be PJ Tucker following around Jimmy Butler. Yeah, that that will be the more intriguing thing, and, and Jimmy Butler in in close games probably trying to lock down Harden. So that will be the more intriguing matchup. That's a better one. Jimmy Butler getting under James Harden's skin in crunch time. Yeah. But also PJ Tucker trying to do the same to Jimmy Butler. Right. So it'll be interesting. I think in the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, we'll get back to that here in the coming weeks. Going over to the Western Conference, we've got the Nuggets trying to close out the Suns. 
if I remember correctly, the Nuggets started out 2-0, the Suns 1-2. Now the Nuggets, game six, trying to close out the Suns in Phoenix. Does Denver get it done, or are we going to seven? Well, Aiden is surprisingly out tonight. Um, So that's a little bit of a shock. I don't know how the Suns are really going to defend Jokic, but Jamal Murray is also out for the Nuggets. So both teams are missing key guys tonight. In that sort of a scenario, I think Jokic is going to have a whale of a game just simply because uh, Suns don't really have the bodies to throw him without Aiden in the lineup. Um, and Chris Paul is also out as well. Nice. So expect huge nights. And maybe Booker and, and Durant might have to play all 48 minutes of this one or darn close to it. But I think the home team prevails again. And I don't think anybody is beating Denver at home. Um, maybe in the West, but I don't know. We can get to that when we talk Western conference final tier in a second, but certainly not in this series. I think the nuggets win, but it's in game seven at home. Hmm. Give me the nuggets. The Joker is going to run them over tonight. Get a little bit of rest before they take on the Lakers or Warriors. Yeah. So I see this thing going seven, and I see Jokic and Jamal Murray coming back and prevailing in game seven. But like you say about the Suns, without DeAndre Ayton, what's their next option? Bismarck Biambo, who I is one of those guys I kind of forget is still in the league and has stayed on somewhere i'm looking at the roster who else do they really have for bigs that can contend with the size of joker and some of these other nuggets yeah it'll probably be uh biombo and jock landale mm. so they will be uh those will be the two guys that they'll stick on him um they won't really have much success like i said Jokic is going to dominate tonight but without murray kind of holding it down on the perimeter um the suns might be able to it might kind of offset itself because Murray's out there to kind of hold down the perimeter. Jokic might drop 50 again tonight. Very real possibility, but go that f- may not equate to a Nuggets win. Go find that prop bet somewhere, whatever his over-under points get. It's probably like 38, 39. Is that crazy to think? Yeah, if you want to go ahead and put some money down on a Jokic triple-double, tonight's the night to put money down on a Jokic triple-double um, because – Double teams will probably be coming, and we know what Jokic can do as a passer, given the fact that Aiden can't go one-on-one, because Aiden can handle Jokic a little bit one-on-one, but nobody else on the Suns roster really can. So double teams are definitely coming, meaning open shooters, assists galore. Already know what Jokic can do as a rebounder, as a scorer. So this is the night for a triple-double if if there's going to be one. I know they just brought all these guys together. The core of Durant, Booker, Aiton, and Paul. And they have them all signed for two more seasons. And Landry Shamit, if you want to throw him in there, he's fifth on their payroll right now. Otherwise, it really drops off after those five. If they can't even make it to the Western Conference Finals again, do you blow this thing up? Is one of these guys out of here at the end of the season? Even though they have them under contract, you'd have to move a pretty hefty deal to get one of those four out of here. But is that what we're looking at for the Suns? No, I don't think so. think, like you said, they have these guys under contract for the next two years. So there's really 
only run it back and the only moves that they're making in the offseason that I could see them making. And we talked about it last offseason and it's a, it's a Deandre Aiden trade. So the only move I really see Phoenix making is a Deandre Aiden trade. And you'd have to get a lot of role players back. Feels like that a Kyrie Irving type trade where they just got one big name for about five role players because they I really don't know where they would have money to bring in another big name piece. Right. And that's that's it, is exactly it. You would need role players back for DeAndre Aiden. Um but surprisingly with Aiden, but without Paul, this team has looked a little bit better, kind of just letting um trying to really push the pace and not slow things down and play a half court game. I think that's really where the Suns have thrived is just getting Booker and KD out in the open court and just trying to attack that way. That's a much better game for the Suns than this kind of Chris Paul slowed down. So if Chris Paul does make it back because the Suns make the Western Conference Finals, throw him off in the corner and let KD and Booker go to work. Hmm. But try getting Chris Paul to subscribe to that. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, interesting questions for the Suns if their season ends. Well, who will we have meeting the who we presume to be the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals? Warriors, Lakers, L.A. currently has a 3-2 lead. And they play again Friday night, Game 6 at the, is it the Crypt? Is it still the Crypt or has that gone under since Crypto lost all its money? No, it's still it's still the crypt, crypto.com, and no crypto hasn't lost all of its money. Significantly reduced, but uh that's a conversation for another day. But yeah, it's still the crypt. Um the big thing kind of looming over this game was the, the status of Anthony Davis, but I believe he is actually going to be good to go. And that's huge news because Anthony Davis has been the entire key for the Lakers in this series. Uh, when he's on, the Lakers are winning. Um, it, it's really getting dictated by Anthony Davis because when he's locked in and fully healthy, the Warriors have no answers for Anthony Davis at all. Draymond's too small. Looney's too slow. AD can dominate when he's healthy. I predict that's what happens in game six is we get an AD masterclass. LeBron does his thing. One of Reeves, Russell, Schroeder, Hachimura, Lonnie Walker. One of those guys steps up and scores probably Reeves. I think he's been the most consistent of all the role players. Um, And I think the Lakers get it done in game six. Did you say Lakers? I just said Lakers, yeah. Look at you giving some love to LeBron and the boys. I actually like LeBron. It's actually Steph that I don't like that much. (laughs) I was just looking here to see if in the Steph Curry era, in the years they haven't won titles, have they ever lost before a Game 7? It feels like the Warriors are always playing in a Game 7 or they're winning before 7. They've never lost a Western Conference playoff series under Steve Kerr. That is the answer I was looking for. So they lost a play-in game, but not technically a 
playoff series because it was just one game. They lost in game six to the Raptors. They lost to the Cavs in game seven. Yeah, so really since this era began, they are their team that pushes it to seven. So I'll take the Warriors here. I think the Lakers end up taking home the series. Really no strong argument. I, I do think the Warriors push it to seven and then LA takes it in San Francisco on Sunday night. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, if the Lakers are going to win the series, it's going to be tomorrow night or not at all. Uh-huh. Um, the the only way the Lakers win this series is winning tomorrow night. And part of what's factoring into that for me is the Warriors are a bad road team. They, they're just hor- horrible on the road. We've seen it in the playoffs. We're seeing it again tomorrow night. Um, and they just play way better at at home in San Francisco. So I'm taking the Lakers to get it done tomorrow night, and they have to, otherwise it's over. I will so, I have no good rebuttal of a comeback for that. Yeah, I mean yeah, the ears not going in and knocking knocking out the defending champs in their place in a game seven. It's it's too tall of a task even for LeBron. So, so that gives you a Suns, uh, Suns Lakers. We both have Suns Lakers finals. Uh, no, I have Nuggets Lakers. Right. I was reading about reading about the Suns and talking about the Nuggets. Yeah, so I have Nuggets Lakers, and right here is is how oh, this is tough because I like Jokic, I like LeBron, but I think things are opening for LeBron to make it back to the finals. So I'm going to say Lakers in six in this one as well. Nice. Lakers and six over the Nuggets. I, I, I need I need more time before I can commit to that. I want to pick the Suns. It feels dangerous to go against LeBron. I just want Joker to finally get there. Finally have that finals run. Yeah, that would be nice to see. Um, but I think he comes up just short yet again. And we didn't mention who is going to win the East, but I think Sixers are going to win against the Heat. I mean, I'm, prob- I'm probably seven. I'll I'll take seven. I'll give Miami credit and say Sixers in Game Seven, and we get a Lakers Sixers. I'm running out of allegiances. I went with the Bucks, and then I switched to the Celtics, and I want to pick the Heat, but that means they're all going to lose to the Sixers, and then all of my beloved teams will be gone, and we'll be left with James Harden in the finals. Hey, that's, this is an old school '80s matchup between Lakers Sixers. So let's uh, let's just uh, go ahead and remake an '80s matchup and have the Lakers play the Sixers and LeBron versus LeBron and AD versus Embiid and Harden. Not that not that classic iconic Heat Nuggets rivalry we all remember. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, was that ever a thing? Uh, they probably played somewhere at some point in time. Yeah, I don't think so. My NBA um, Jam games. Yeah. Um, nah. Let's go ahead and get Lakers Sixers and LA versus Philly. Um, yeah. Sounds like a good NBA Finals to me. 
We're going to put a bow on this week's show, keeping it with the NBA, bringing back our top five lists. So this is where Andrew and I each go five to one. And we workshopped this idea till we narrowed it down to your top five NBA players currently still remaining in the playoffs. You have eight teams. And this was kind of fun to go back and look at the rosters and guys you forget are still out there. I had a lot of guys who I appreciated, but who are my top five actual favorites. So we'll compare, see if we have any of the same or any in the same spot. Uh, just a quick honorable mention to guys I like or just appreciate their game. Jalen Brunson, Obi Toppin, Devin Booker, LeBron, and uh, uh, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, LeBron, and Bam Adebayo were my guys just on the outside looking in. Would you like to start your five or would you like me to go first with my number five? Go ahead with your number five. So my number five seems to be the ageless wonder. He's the guy that I called the general earlier. I just, I like that. He always seems calm, cool, collected has been around the league for feels like forever now, 15, 16 seasons. And that's Al Horford for the Celtics. Don't really care much about the Celtics. I just like Al Horford and kind of the mentality and the way he plays and what he seems to stand for. You never hear about him really getting in trouble or being reckless, just calm, cool, collected, steady in the ship. Nice. You're going a little bit unconventional. Number five, I'm going to go ahead and um, go with a guy who's really helped the Sixers build this lead, um, and that is James Harden. I'm going to put James Harden at number five for me. Um, Yeah, he's been, at times, the best player in in a series with Embiid and Tatum and Jalen Brown. At times, Harden's been the best player on the floor. So I got to give him his credit and put him in my number five slot. But good does not necessarily mean you like them. I don't, I don't think a lot of them, like I'd still love Obi Toppin from college. He may be the fifth best player on the Knicks. He's just, uh, he's got a soft spot in my heart. I uh, gotcha. Um, no, I'm, I'm just going based off of the way they're performing and where they're at right now. So number five for me is Harden. My number four, because I am a sucker for highlight dunks, this man wears the obscure number 50, and that's Aaron Gordon. I liked him with the Magic, and he was one of the last guys who I think really starred in the dunk contest. He may be only the third or fourth best player on the Nuggets. I think you kind of forget, like, oh yeah, Aaron Gordon's also there. But he just uh, pops up every night, flashes with some cool dunks and just some hyper-athletic plays. Really no reason other than that. I just like Aaron Gordon, so he's my number four. Nice. Um, wow. Um, I'm thinking about who I'm going to leave off and, uh, people aren't going to like it, but number four is, uh, Anthony Davis. Like I just talked about, he's the reason why the Lakers are up on, on the Warriors. And if they advance 80 will be the reason why. And he had that 30 point 20 rebound game, I believe in game one, they got the Lakers off to a hot start against the Warriors, and that shows you what he's capable of. Uh, just a dominant performance by him, and he's going to have to have another one if the Lakers are going to close it out, but he's my number four. My number three, he may be, I don't know what the collective American consciousness is on him. He was the little engine that could, the beloved all-American boy, and some people have turned because they don't like dynasties. 
but I'm going Steph, just like I'm a sucker for Aaron Gordon dunks. I still love to see Steph pull up in these weird off balance, one-handed three point shots that nobody else in the world would make. Steph Curry is still an electric player to me. I, unless something radical changes, I'll always be a Steph fan to some degree. So for me, it's the greatest shooter in NBA history at number three. Okay. Okay. Number three for me is the big man or one of the big men, Nikola Jokic. Um, love the Joker, love everything that he brings to the table. And he's got his team up three, two and had a 51 point performance in the playoffs, which is absolutely nothing to sniff at. Anybody who puts up 50 points in an NBA playoff game is something to be reckoned with. And I just love his game. Um, extremely fun to watch and, so I've got him in my number three slot. We finally have one the same coming in at number two for me is the Joker. I just love so much about what he does. You hit on all the highlights. And to me, it's just the fact that he looks like the antithesis of a basketball player other than being tall. If you were to see that man walking down the street, you'd think, wow, he's really tall. Not he's the greatest athlete. Not He's the greatest player in the world at one of the three most popular sports. Yeah, just the fact that he can be that big but so great as a facilitator, a scorer can play defense. It's he's the complete package in what looks like the strangest box you've ever seen. So huge fan of the Joker. So he's my number two. Yeah. It kind of shows you that playing the game is mental just as much as it is physical because it's his IQ and the way he, he plays the game and, and just like the things that he can see, the passes that he can see and, before anybody else even realizes it is kind of what makes him so special. Um, like you said, it's not the, you're not going to be like, wow, his athleticism ever, but um, there's just a lot of other things that he does that will, will make you say, wow. And it's just basically the way he approaches the game mentally. Um, number two for me is uh, another Philly guy one that's battled through injuries has his team on the precipice of the Eastern conference finals. Finally, George and Yang's on your list. Oh, nope. Oh. Uh, <laughs> close, close. Joel Embiid won the MVP. Uh, great story. That again, battled through injuries has been absolutely huge. The Celtics refuse to attack the rim when Joel Embiid is in the game because he's, that much of a deterrent at the rim and it's really kind of crippled the Celtics offensive attack and he's had some dominant games as well. Um, so give me Embiid at number two. Not that I'm cheering now nor ever will be cheering for the Sixers, but if there's any reason I want them to make the finals, it would be to get a Jokic Embiid showdown on the biggest stage. Yeah, if I'm wrong about the Lakers making it, I want it very much to be the Nuggets and Jokic and Bede finals. We talked about it all regular season with Jokic and Bede and Giannis. And last season, there was plenty of Jokic and Bede talk and the season before that. And it's going to be a thing where their careers are almost tied together because people think about them so closely together. And they haven't had a lot of head-to-head matchups actually uh in the regular season and definitely not in the playoffs because neither one's made the finals having both those guys make finals for the first time 
and B against each other, that would be um, very compelling to me. I did not realize this until you were talking. I looked it up. They were in the same draft. I never, I never thought about that. Yeah, it's sort of why their careers are intertwined. Obviously, Jokic went way after Embiid, but yeah. here so, we are. Yeah, Jokic went forty-one. No, Embiid went three. Shout out, Aaron Gordon was also in that draft class. Nice. Quick trivia: Do you know who went before Joel Embiid? There were two guys. Two guys who went for name the teams that drafted those two guys. Uh, well, it's complicated because Cleveland and the Bucks, but the Cleveland's kind of a red herring. Oh, it's Anthony Bennett and Jabari Parker, right? You got Jabari Parker, but that's why I say Cleveland's a red herring because technically oh, Ky- Cleveland's, Kyrie. The, uh, Cleveland's the team that drafted this player, and then Wiggins. I'm, there you go, Wiggins, 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 Wiggins Jabari. Yeah, that was the Wiggins Jabari and B draft. My bad. <laughs> that's the sign that <laughs> Cleveland drafted first far too many years in a row. Yeah, because they drafted Bennett, Kyrie, Wiggins, and then traded Wiggins for Love. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It, it was a dark time without LeBron. Yeah. All right. So the number one slot, my favorite player still in the NBA playoffs, your favorite player. If you listen to any us ever talk about basketball, I seem to find a way to shoehorn, in, shoehorn this player in every time. Talked about him earlier in this show. It's Jimmy Butler. The grit, the heart, the throw the team on his back, do everything. And he's also a tremendous offensive player. We never give him credit for his scoring ability and what he does at the offensive end of the floor. He he does everything. Talk about Kawhi being your best two-way player. I still like Jimmy Butler. It's the intangibles and the on-court performance. So the entire reason I like the Miami Heat to any degree is because Jimmy Butler. Nice. Uh, number one for me, the guy who some people on the internet who are crazy, like conspiracies think might be Michael Jordan's son, <laughs> Jimmy Butler. Um, that's not why I like Jimmy Butler, though. But everything you just mentioned, uh, yeah, just kind of the toughness, the grit, the way that he approaches the game, he turns it on the playoffs. Um hate seeing him destroy the bucks who I love way more than the zombie heat. Um, so I love and hate this guy all at the same time, which is really crazy, but, um, can't be mad anymore. He's, he's doing it while injured now. Cause I, I think he injured himself in one of these heat Knicks games. Uh, but he just keeps soldiering on anyways. And, apparently elevates his team as well. So, um, but have you heard that conspiracy about Jimmy Butler potentially being Michael Jordan's son? I mean, it's, it sounds believable, but it's definitely not the truth. But I, I was looking at this. So Jimmy Butler was born September, 1989. So I was in the process of going backwards. Like, okay, what is nine months before that? Where would basically, where was Michael Jordan Christmas time, January of 88? Because Jimmy Butler was born in Texas, so the Bulls would have had to have been on the road playing like the Rockets or Mavericks or something. They were, I believe, is how <laughs> the story goes. Somebody pieced that together like, oh, the Bulls were in such and such Texas in December 28th. Yeah, 
some Ooh. internet sleuths starting to, have, this is starting to add up yeah some internet sleuths have you know said the bulls were in town nine months before and you know jimmy's mother never said the name of the father even though his and, official name is jimmy butler the third well yeah because jordan wasn't married to jimmy's mom ah. so um i mean it's, it's yeah. sounds plausible if you just ignore that they look nothing alike well there's been some people that have put them side by side and made it sort of look like they kind of have some resemblance yeah you're right i'm not i'm not convinced i'm not convinced i just think it's a funny thing that people put out there on the internet i mean Jokic is basically drago from rocky four come to life yes he is except he's not as mean he's not as mean as drago well unless you're the owner of the suns oh and you like to flop (laughs) well maybe yeah uh, the Suns owner played basketball for Michigan State, so he learned that one from Izzo. <laughs> he learned the art of flopping from Izzo. So, um, yeah, that was that was just a hilarious flop and should not have been a technical foul on Jokic at all. Yeah. So to go back, I you he, Andrews was a lot more star started. I had Al Horford, Aaron Gordon, Steph, the Joker, and Jimmy B. And Andrew had James Harden, Anthony Davis, the Joker at three, Joel Embiid two, and Jimmy Butler the third. Jimmy Buckets, if you will, playoff Jimmy. We need to get him some better nicknames. But I don't know. I think those are pretty good nicknames. I think Jimmy Buckets is a good name. I think playoff Jimmy. Uh, it says a lot about his career because his regular seasons are not always the most amazing. But when it comes to the playoffs, apparently he becomes... Michael Jordan's son. <laughs> so God, these, these, um, these blues are really adding up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like you went maybe more with the guys that you like. Uh, and I just kind of went more off the guys, not necessarily that I like, but the guys that are playing the best right now. So it's probably guys that are, you know, playing the best right now at this current point in the playoffs. That's kind of how I made my list. I like it. Anything else from the NBA or anything? We tried to cover as many sports as we could this week. We have NBA coaching to get to in the future. The NFL schedules came out. There's always always stuff to talk to, but we try to stay close to our hour, if not an hour and a half on each show. Uh, anything else we need to get a minute or two on? Um, well, yeah, the NFL schedules did come out. And when was the last time we didn't have a rematch of the Super Bowl kicking off the season? Uh I know nothing about the schedules other than they that they came out. So you you are breaking news to me as we're recording. We are kicking off the season with Lions Chiefs on Thursday night football. Is that is that what we're clamoring for? I get the Chiefs. Lions feel like a kind of left field. I know I know there's buzz around them right now and just Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying the Lions are bad. There's definitely buzz around the Lions, but it's um Usually I kind of thought, you know, we get a Super Bowl rematch in that first weekend. Maybe not to open the season, but we we get uh Chiefs Eagles, 
you know, as a rematch right. in week one. We're getting that later this season, I believe, on November 20th. We're getting Chiefs Eagles, but it's not until November. So, um, another note is uh, Packers go Bears week one. So, that'll be interesting. Started the Jordan Love, started the Soldier Field. So, maybe Aaron Rodgers transferred ownership of the Bears from himself to Jordan Love. We'll find out. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers starts his career against Josh Allen and the Bills on Monday Night Football. I need to I need to dig into this for one of these future week shows and really dissect what we've got. I did see one Twitter post that the Eagles have the toughest schedule. That's as far as I've looked into it. Yep, that is that is true. And the Falcons have the easiest schedule. So, um, but yeah, just thought I'd throw some quick notes your way. So Jets bills week one, I think that is probably the highlight there on the Monday night capper. Oh, the Jets. I'm not, I'm not used to having to care about the Jets in the NFL. Don't worry. You won't have to by about late (laughs) October. Says the Packer fan. Yeah. Yep. I'm not bitter at all. <laughs> Didn't you guys have like two years to prepare for this breakup? No, definitely blown us out of left field. Couldn't have seen <laughs> this coming. Well, uh, anything else? Or we're going to duck out of here for the week. Let's go ahead and duck out. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. We'll be back next week to bring you the latest on whatever's happening in the sports world. Come up with some new top fives. We may even have some conference finals in the NBA and NHL set by next week. We'll bring you all the latest and our opinions on everything in the sports world. Thank you all for joining us. We will see you next time. 